Amen. Well, you may take your seats. It's so good to see y'all here today. Let me be one of the first to say Happy New Year. It is here. Whether you're ready for it or not, it is here. But it's such a joy to be with you. If you're visiting with us here today at Victor Center Church, my name is, is Brad Mendenhall. I'm part of the executive leadership team, one of the pastors. I actually, Tammy and my wife, this is my beautiful wife up here on the front row, Tammy. Uh, we live in Enid, Oklahoma, and we grew up right here in Guyman, Oklahoma, a graduate of Guyman High School, proud Guyman Tiger class of 1986. And how many of y'all would say 1986 doesn't sound like that long ago? <laughs> how many of y'all say, yes, that was a long time ago? But anyway, uh, so it's so good to be with you here. We get the privilege of coming out at least uh, one weekend a month. Uh, we pastored a great church in Enid, World Harvest Church, uh, that we started going on 26 years here next weekend, actually January 11th, will be our 26th anniversary there in Enid. Since that time, we have a church also in Stillwater, Oklahoma, there World Harvest of Stillwater, and of course, we claim Victory Center as our church as well. So the cool thing about the ministry that takes place, I want you to know that you're a part of as well, that we're covering all of northern Oklahoma, from Guyman to Enid to Stillwater. And so I want you to know you're part of that. So we consider you to be our home church, and so thank you. And thank you for allowing us to come hang out with you guys here on this weekend. And so I do want to pause to say hello to all the online family, everybody that's watching at one of our connection points, wherever you're watching at. We're glad you're with us. We know we've got a lot of people traveling uh, today, and I know we got some people home at sick. And so those of you watching today, thank you for watching. Give us a shout-out. Let us know where you're watching from. We always like to know where this message is going. Come on, everybody that's here in the sanctuary, let's give a big hoop and a holler for our online family. Come on, give them a shout-out today. Hey, good to have you guys with us here today. Now, I get the privilege of bringing the message here in just a few moments, but before I do, one of my uh, philosophies, I guess if you want to call it that, in bringing a message, I don't like to call myself a preacher. I like to consider myself to be a communicator. I like to communicate the gospel. I don't like just to just to fling information out one way because I like to connect with the audience. And just so that you can help me just to understand you and the way you operate, I've got a couple of questions for you. I want to take a little, just an impromptu survey, okay? And so get your brain juices flowing. I'm going to ask you some questions. I need you to know how you respond to these questions. And if you would, if, it qualif- if, you, if it's you, I need you to raise your hand, okay? And I need everybody to participate so that I know the results, so I know my audience, okay? And it has to do with your Bible, all right? Everybody? So, first of all, I want to know how many of y'all bring a paper Bible to service with you. You got a paper Bible laying in your lap right now, okay? Hold your hands up. I just need to know, okay? That's, that's probably, I don't know, maybe 60, 70 percent, okay? How many of y'all use your Bible, but you use it in digital format, either on your phone, iPad? Well, wait a minute. That's about... Okay, maybe not quite, but so, okay, that's good. And then there's absolutely nothing wrong. However you do, you, how many of y'all don't have a Bible and you need a Bible? Anybody? Okay, all right. If you do, we, we wouldn't get you one. Okay, so let me ask you the next question here. Again, I want to understand you, uh, and this probably pertains more to you that bring your paper Bible than those that, bring, that use a digital Bible, because if you use a digital Bible, you've got the versatility of jumping around in translations very quickly, Okay. So let me ask this, all right? So how many, I, I want to know what translation of Bible that you use. Okay, so let me ask this question first of all to those that have an actual literal papal Bible in your hand right now. How many of y'all use just what I, the King James Version? Anybody use the King James or what we call the Old King James? Okay, and I just, I need to know you. Okay, how about New King James? Like right now you have, what is the translation of Bible you have with you? New King James? Okay, how about the New Living Translation? You have with you right now. Okay, how about the Amplified, the woman translation of the Bible? I mean, the Amplified Bible. Okay. How about a translation that I haven't mentioned yet that you have with you right now? Just speak it out to me. The complete Jewish Bible. That's in your your lap right now? No, I mean, yeah, okay, that you have one, but I'm talking about that you have right here. Okay. All right, again, I just want to know you, what you bring, because, you know, when we build our messages, I'm always building different translations, and so... Let me back up for just a second. How many of y'all use King James or New King James? 
Okay, now how many of y'all use another translation besides that? Okay, that gives me a good idea, and it's kind of really uh, evenly sparse, I mean, uh, spread out between that. That's kind of what we see anymore uh, through here. So, okay, that just helps me understand because I'm a Bible teacher. I like to teach the Word of God. You are in a Bible teaching church. We like to teach the Word of God, okay? So it just helps me to kind of know. All right, so let's get your Bibles out. Let's get ready to get in the Word of God. Let me ask you one more question, okay, just to help me to understand you. A little bit of a survey. So here, the last few months, we started using the Version Bible app to put notes to the messages up to, to link that, where you on the Version Bible app can go to your events section of that and click on the Victory Center notes for that day. How many of y'all use that during the service? Let me see your hands. Okay. So about a dozen, I would guess, actually use that. Okay, if you was not aware that that tool is available, it is available right there for you to follow along in your notes, with, with the notes, okay? All right, that helps me out, okay? So get your Bible. Let's get ready to dive into the Word of God. We are getting ready to dive into a message the Lord has started in my heart. Of course, we're coming into a brand new year, and of course, in a brand new year, many times you hear people uh, make those New Year's resolutions, and I was just reminded of an elderly lady that I heard. She decided that she was going to make a New Year's resolution, that she was going to start working out every day. And so she went down, she got a gym membership, she was so excited, her alarm went off, she jumped out of bed, I mean, she was ready for the workout. She jumped up and down, she pushed, she pulled, she swept profusely for over an hour. But she said by the time she got her workout clothes on, she was too tired to go to the gym. But anyway, I don't know how many of y'all can relate to that here today. So hopefully that is not you, but uh, let's grab that Bible, grab that device, and let's go to the Father God in prayer, and let's dive into the message today. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you so much just for the time that we've already experienced with you here in this service today, Lord, just through the worship and through our giving, Lord God. And Lord, I'm so reminded of that promise that you give us, that you never leave us, and that you never forsake us, Lord God. Lord, we take joy, and we take comfort in that, and Lord, over these next few moments, I'm going to dive into a message that you've been stirring in my heart. I've been waiting for several months to launch into this, and Lord, this will be my first launch into this this morning here at Victory Center Church in this 1030 service, Lord God. So, Lord, there's some excitement that I have in my heart to begin to unpack what you've been speaking to me for 2024. So, I would ask that you help me to just sort out all this that's been stirring in my heart over the last few months. Give me the utterance to bring it forth. And Lord, for every one of us that's hearing this message today, Lord, I pray this very clearly and boldly, Lord God. Father, would you give us the ears to hear what you are speaking in context to each person's life. Lord, give us the eyes to see what you want us to see in the Scriptures and in this message today. And Lord, just as importantly, give us the wisdom to wrap our mind around this principle that we'll talk about that we can apply this to our life. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody say it with me. Amen and amen. Amen. Well, Happy New Year. Happy New Year. And I want to just dive into this. I already kind of mentioned this in my prayer, but I really have a strong word, I believe, that the Lord has given me for this coming year. And here we stand on the end of a year, and it's just one of those things. It's always, you know, I think it was uh, Nate that mentioned it and said, there's nothing magical about a brand new year. It's really just the turning of the calendar page. It's just really another day. But this really gives us an incredible moment, though, for our lives, just as I mentioned a moment ago, to look back, but also to look forward. And I, my prayer is that 2024 be your best year yet. Anybody else with me here at Victor Center Church? Amen. That this be your best year yet. But there's a principle that I want you to understand that if you're expecting this to be your best year yet, it's a great faith statement that we all love to make. It's a great preach as well. But in order for this year to be your best year yet, we're going to have to make it our best spiritual year yet. We're going to have to grow in maturity. We're going to have to be stronger in faith. We're going to have to be fuller of the joy of the Lord in our life and the presence of the Lord in our life and the fruit that that brings to our life. Amen. It's going to be, I believe, a great year if we make it our best spiritual year yet. And so to open up this message today that is really going to turn into a series back home and probably next time I'm out here on uh, three weeks on January the 21st, I'll be speaking about it again. Uh, but I want us to look here at Psalms chapter 1. Psalms chapter 1, and I'm reading out of the New King James Version here. Psalms chapter 1, if you need some help, those you have your paper Bible, 
Finding Psalms, just kind of close your Bible, hold it up, and kind of open up right in the middle. You're going to probably land in Psalms. Easy way to find Psalms. It's the middle of the Bible. But I want you to see this passage of Scripture here today. Psalms chapter 1, verse 1 says this, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the paths of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. Look at verse 2. But his delight, everybody say delight. But his delight is where? It is, come on, where? In the law of the Lord. Or we could say it this way, it's in the Word of God. It's the law of the Lord. And in his law or his Word, come on, help me read this part. He what? Meditates how often? Day and night. Now, notice here, and I could preach every segment of this for my entire message. I won't today, but meditates how often? Day and night, not just on a Sunday morning. Come on, day and night. He goes on in verse 3. He says this, and he shall be like a tree. A tree. Y'all know what trees are, right? Same man, trees. I tell you, from growing up here in the Oklahoma panhandle, whenever we moved over to Enid, Enid has a few more trees than this part of the country does. And every time I see somebody cutting down a tree, it kind of grieves me. You know, and I tell my neighbors, man, I came from the panhandle of Oklahoma. Man, I love trees. Bring them on. I love trees. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth fruit in its season. If you've got your paper Bible, if you can do this in your digital format there, underline or circle that phrase right there, brings forth its fruit in season. This is key. Brings forth its fruit in its what? Season. There are other translations will say brings forth fruit in every season. Come on, there's a key part to this. You need to keep that thought in mind. Produces fruit in its season. Come on, let me make a statement here. God is not more concerned about your comfort than He is about the fruit that you're producing in your life. Fruit takes priority over your comfort and ease. Bring forth, bring forth fruit in the season. Let's finish that. Whose leaf also, come on, everybody say it with me, shall not wither, and whatever He does shall, come on, shall what? Shall prosper. What an incredible scripture, and the Lord gave me three separate passages of scripture for the year of 2024, and this is one of them right here. What a tremendous analogy that we see in the scriptures, these few verses here, of being a tree planted by the rivers of living water, and that tree not just surviving, but the tree is doing what? It is thriving. And so this is what I believe the Lord is speaking to us here today, that God's plan for our life is not just to survive. Some of y'all are here today, you survived 2023. Praise God for His goodness. He brought you through. But I believe God's plan is greater than you and I just surviving. I believe that God wants us to thrive. Amen. He wants us to thrive. In fact, some of y'all here today, you, you could probably make a t-shirt that said, I survived 2023. <laughs> you know, mine would say, I survived 2008 because that was my year from hell. But I, want, I believe God wants us to go from just surviving to thriving. But there's a key to go from surviving to thriving. For you and I to, to, to thrive, we have got to have, listen to me, church, a strong foundation. In fact, I've entitled this message today simply that phrase, strong foundation. We've got to have a strong foundation. You see that picture that is created in our minds as we read those verses here, the tree planted by the rivers of living water. And we see the results of that tree planted by the rivers of living water. Man, it's going to produce fruit. It's going to be green year-round. It's not going to be moved. The key to that tree surviving, I can guarantee you, is the root system which it has put down into solid ground. And I want you to know today, Jesus is our solid ground. How many of you know Jesus is not worried about the economy today? Come on, Jesus is solid. So here's the question, where's your foundation at? Is your foundation, is your roots in Jesus or is it in something of this world today? And I can guarantee you if it's in something of this world today, then you are going to be shaken you know, it's interesting. I just did real quick research on the trees and root systems. You know, uh, now I don't know if we have so much out here, but we've got a whole lot over in Enid. We've got a lot of willow trees. Now, it's very interesting about a willow tree. A willow tree is very beautiful. It grows very fast, but it has a very shallow root system. 
In fact, one of the first things that Tammy and I did when we moved to Enid 26 years ago, that we had this big old lot outside of the edge of Enid, and it was just a new construction. Absolutely no trees. So we went in there, and we started planting trees everywhere. And I planted a willow tree. And it was amazing to me how fast that willow tree grew, but because it had shallow roots, it was very susceptible to drought. It was very susceptible to the storms that would come. In fact, every storm, even today, when that storm blows through, still I have willow branches broke off on the ground. It looks good on the outside, but it has no, no stability to endure life. But you look on contrast to like oak trees, and especially, I guess, a, a white oak, they'll put their root system down from six to eight feet on the average. Those trees are going to withstand the storms that come. It's a good picture of Christians today, is that not? Because how many of y'all have seen people in your life that are easily swayed by the storms of life? And we see other Christians that stay strong when storms come. In fact, we see this in the Scripture, if you will. Look with me here today in Matthew chapter 7, flip over there. Because I believe that the word that the Lord is speaking to us here today, and very much, I, I, usually about October, November, I begin to seek God. God, what are you speaking for the coming year? And the word that the Lord very clearly gave me is that we have got to strengthen our foundation. We've got to have a strong foundation. Okay? Now, um, let me back up for just a second before I go into Matthew chapter 7. But, um, I'm, I'm, you know, being in full-time ministry, I've been doing this now, you know, 26 years in Enid. I was nine years prior to that right here at Victory Center Church in Guymon. Uh, that's one of the cool things about coming home here to Victory Center Church, because I've known some of y'all for a long time. And there's some of y'all here in the room today, you watched me grow up from a little kid to the adult that I am today. You know, and we've known each other, we've got relationships with some of y'all for many, many, many years, Okay. But there's something that I just really believe the Lord is speaking here that, uh, you know, in, in, I'm a part of several different networks. There's about three different networks, pastoral networks, because being in full-time ministry, I, I value relationships. And in one of my networks is an international network that is led by an apostolic pastor out of the U.K., out of England. And so once a month, I'm on a phone call with this network of pastors all across the globe. And this last call that I was on a couple of weeks ago, he began to share what he felt the Lord had been speaking to him actually over the last several years. And of course, my ears immediately perked up because I knew what the Lord was stirring in me for this coming year. And he began to share this. He said, here a few years ago, he said the Lord began to stir in him and drop this in his heart that the church as a whole was going to go through five years of hard times. It was going to be five years of struggle. But after the five years, we was going to go into many years of abundance, years of revival, years of actually experiencing the good things of God. Now, this is what really caught my attention. He said 2024, this next year, will be the fifth year. And this is what he was saying, 2020, 2021, 2022, 2023, 2024, he said he really believes we've got one more year of hard times, but we're going to move from that shortly after that. I tell you what, my spirit really connected with that. Because I believe that 2024, listen, we can choose to survive, or I mean, we can just survive or we can choose to thrive. See, this is the good news. It may be still survival, no, but even in drought, even in hard times, when we have a strong foundation in our life, we can thrive. Amen. Come on, anybody want to thrive this coming year? Come on, let me hear you. Anybody want to thrive this coming year? Amen. So I just, three things, three, three thoughts. This is the way the Lord ministers to me, and I just want to give it to you. Just three things I believe that we can see according to from that passage in Psalms chapter 1. Thought number one is this. If you're taking notes, write this down. It is our foundation that causes us to thrive. Let me say that again. It is our foundation that causes us to thrive, not just survive. Matthew chapter 7, I love the parable here that Jesus gives us. What a tremendous uh, analogy He gives us here of a, of a house. And starting in verse 24, He says this, Matthew chapter 7, He says, therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, He says, I will liken him into a wise man. Come on, how many of y'all want to be wise today? To a wise man who does what? Who built his house on, everybody say it with me, the rock. Verse 25, the rain descended, the floods came, the winds blew, beat upon that house, and it did not fall. 
for it was founded upon the rock. Verse 26. But everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house upon the sand. Verse 27, the rain descended, the floods came, the winds blew and beat upon that house, and what happened to it? It fell, and great was its fall. Come on, how many of y'all remember that old Sunday school song, the wise man built his house upon the rock? Anybody remember that song? You know, maybe we ought to get the worship team back up here and sing that song, you know. Foolish man built his house. You know, I always loved that song as a kid growing up at Victory Center, you know, here with uh, Delmer and Vancey Elliott. I mean, that's my history, man. Uh, we do all the actions and, you know, the foolish man built his house on the rock. And the rains came down, the floods came up, the house went splat, and we kind of fall on the ground. Man, that's a fun song. Such a simple principle that yet when we grow older, when we grow up, it seems like we forget about that principle. And I just want us to remember that. Here as we go into 2024. Now, I, I, I just, just go with me for just a second. 2024, it could be a little crazy. could get a little weird, right? I mean, already we've got all these wars happening. We see the, uh, you know, going on in the Middle East. We see what's going on in Israel. We see all this. I mean, the, you know, experts are saying that this is just getting ready to explode. This could get really crazy. I mean, they're telling us right now our terror a threat is the highest it's ever been since 9-11. I mean, you, you see the economy going crazy, all this stuff. I mean, let alone, I mean, we're going into a presidential election cycle. Anybody think that's just going to be wonderful? But the thing I want you to know and understand here, no matter how crazy it gets in the world today, it doesn't have to get crazy in you. Come on, we can be stable because of the foundation of our life is not in the economy. It's not in who's in the White House. It's not with what's going on in the Middle East. Come on, our foundation is in the rock of Jesus Christ, and that rock shall not be moved. And if you're founded upon that rock of Jesus Christ, that means that you will not be moved with whatever goes on in this world today. Come on, anybody with me here at Victory Center today? Amen. And I just want to encourage you, don't get caught up in the chaos. Don't get caught up in the craziness this coming year. It's kind of interesting to me that when I look at the life of Jesus that he lived, you know, any time that somebody come to him and try to get him involved in a political debate, I love Jesus' response. He always turned it to something higher than the political arena he was in. He always put it, pointed it to the kingdom. Whether it was paying taxes, he basically said, do what you're required to do. But then he went into the kingdom, talked about the kingdom. Church, don't stoop to the level of getting carried away with the political stuff. That's just, I'll leave it right there. Amen? That's a word for somebody here today. But it's the foundation of our life that determines the outcome of our life. And let me just show you an illustration the Lord gave me a few years ago that just really spoke to me. Jeannie, if you'll throw up that first slide of mine about the tree. Okay. So, again, we're looking at Psalms 1. We're talking about this analogy. We're talking about the foundation. And so I just want to show you how this applies to you and I. Because every one of us have a foundation. Let me rephrase that to the tree analogy. Every one of us have a root system. Our root system is what we believe. You have a belief system in you, okay? Every one of you have a core belief system, and that belief system is made up of your experiences of life. It's made up of the way you've been educated, what you've been taught, your traditions, okay? Those make up your belief system. And your personality, those are some of the things that makes up your belief system. Every one of us, we have a belief system in our life. It is the core of our life. Now, out of that belief system, if we go to the next level, the tree trunk there, that out of the belief systems, we establish our convictions, or if I can say it this way, our values, what we value. Our values or our convictions. Your convictions are based upon what you believe. You wonder why some people act the way they do. It's because of their belief system. Go ahead and go to the next slide there, Gene, if you would. So it's out of our convictions that we go on, keep going to our next one there. You know, it's what we value. But it's out of our convictions that produces our behavior. The way you act, you act a certain way because of what you value. You value what you value because of your belief system. You guys see this, the train of way it goes? Now, so our behavior then, the fourth level of this is our behavior then produces our, what's the next one there? Produces our results of our life. Or we could say it this way, the fruit, the fruit. 
Now, God's plan for our life is to produce fruit, to be fruitful, okay? The command of Genesis, you know, Adam and Eve, be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth. We see Jesus cursing the fig tree in Mark chapter 11. Why did he curse the fig tree? A whole other teaching. Because the fig tree was not producing figs. The figs were not being produced. The tree had no purpose. The tree was not doing its, fulfilling its purpose. Jesus cursed it. Guess what happened to the fig tree that wasn't producing fruit? Anybody know? It died. Jesus is more concerned about our fruit than about our, let me say it again, our comfort. Okay? So now this is the issue that we have so many times in our life today. We have the problem of insanity going on. It seems like there's so many people that at the core, they're simply insane. Don't look at your neighbor right now, you know, but I'm talking to you right now. Because how many of y'all, you've heard it before, what's the definition of insanity? One of the definitions is doing the same things, what, over and over again, but what? Doing the same thing over and over again, but expecting different results. Go, Jeannie, go ahead and put that one up there with the, the, all the, the pieces to it, the components. Just that last slide you had up there, if you would, there. So many times we look at the fruit that is being produced, and we say, you know what? I need something else to be produced. And so we think that behavior modification is the answer. Parents, we got that. We just kids, just if you would simply act right. Let me just make this quick statement. And again, I'm giving you a lot of series of messages all packed into these few moments I got with you here today, so I'm trying to stay focused on this. Behavior modification is not the answer. Trying to monitor your behavior. Your behavior is simply a product, a byproduct of your values and what you believe at the core. So in other words, if I want to produce something different, I don't need to be so concerned about the fruit. The fruit is just the sign. Something needs to change. I need to go down to what? The roots. I need to go to the values. I need, I need to go down to the belief system that produces my convictions or my values that produces the behavior. So let me just, this is a parenting message for you. When you see bad fruit being produced, it is just a sign that there's something at the core that needs to be addressed. You got that? Okay? I need you to understand this because it is the foundation of our life that will cause us to thrive. It's not just behavior modification here, all right? So, um, okay, let me move on here. I'd love to hang out on that for the rest of time here today. But I just want us to dive into this because, okay, when we think about fr fruit, fruit or behavior is simply produced from living life. Behavior or the fruit of that is being produced. And so if something comes out of us that we don't expect, let me tell you, there's something at the core. I just reminded, um, it's hard for me to come out here to Guymon without talking about my hunting experiences. I love to hunt. Uh, if you come out a couple, last couple of months ago when I was here, we talked about pig hunting. Man, I still love pig hunting. And I just remembered a story as I was preparing this message uh, about, I've got three other guys that I hunt with. One of them, his name is Chris. One of just a great guy. He, he helps at the church everywhere he can. He's always helping. Incredible guy. And so these are early on. This was about a year and a half ago when we started our pig hunting experience. But um, we had this group of pigs come in. You hunt at night, uh, this particular one night. Well, one of my guys was his first night with a thermal scope. If you never had a thermal scope, guys, at hunt, it's absolutely incredible. But it's amazing. But we had this group of pigs come in quite a ways away. They smelled us. They headed out. My friend that could see him through his thermoscope takes a shot. Long distance, we hear the pig squeal. You know, pig squeal. And so we're like, we're all excited. We got a pig down. And so we, you know, gave it a minute or two. We all jumped up. We go over to where we hear the pig squeal. Now, you got to remember, this is at night. And so we're actually hunting behind this big old farm pond uh, down in this low area here uh, where we thought the pig went into, and it was full of cattails. And if you don't know what cattails are, they're very large, thick brush in there. Well, again, we're at nighttime, pitch black, and uh, pigtails, we can hear this rustling inside of the pigtails. We're kind of getting excited. We think, we got a pig down in the cattails. Because you'd in there, and you, you, you had your lights, and you, you hear this rustling over here. And it's kind of funny, because we're all sitting at the edge of these cattails, and all of a sudden, this, all this rustling took off. And Chris, one of my buddies, man, he loves God. He's a Christian. He works at a church, man. He is an amazing guy. But he began to let out these explicities out of his mouth. And he's like, oh, S. You know, and I'm like, I'm like Chris, 
I had no idea that you cussed. And he said, Pastor, I don't. It just came out of me. (laughs) And it reminds me of this simple principle. What is in you comes out in the moment of pressure. The foundation. And so we laugh about that. Because, you know, it, it just came out. He didn't know it was in there. So this is my point that I want to make on that. Our, we thrive, our thriving is dependent upon our foundation. What's in your foundation? What's in your foundation? Because the second point I want to leave us with this is our foundation, number two, you can write this down, our foundation may require some work. For Chris, we realized, man, he had some cussing in him that I didn't know was there. Now let me just say this. If you're a cusser, cussing is not going to keep you out of heaven, Okay. But it's just out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks, right? I, just, I do want us to look at this, because what's the condition of your foundation? If our foundation causes thrive, what's the condition of that? Look at, with me at 1 Corinthians chapter 3. Y'all all right this morning? Come on, anybody glad you came to church today? Amen. Thank you for half of y'all, that 50% of y'all. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 9. I want you to see this, several verses here that Paul writes. He says this, verse 9, for we are God's fellow workers. You are God's field. Look at this. I love this. You are God's building. Now he's talking to those people that have a relationship with him. You're God's building, he says. Verse 10, according to the grace of God, which was given to me as a wise master builder, look at this, I have laid the foundation. Come on, what are we talking about today? Strong foundation. I have laid the foundation. Another one builds on it. But let each one take heed to how he builds on it. Verse 11, For no other foundation can anyone lay that which is laid, which is what? Come on, are you following along with me? Is what? It's Jesus Christ. Come on, say it's about Jesus. Come on, say Jesus is my foundation. Verse 12. Now, if anyone builds on this foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, come on, woohoo, come on, sign me up for that one, right? But he goes on and says there, wood, hay, and straw, verse 13, each one's work will become clear. For the day will declare it because it will be revealed by, everybody say it with me, by fire. And the fire will test each one's work of what sort it is. Verse 14, if anyone's work which he has built upon, if it endures, he will receive a, come on, help me out, church, what? Come on, he's going to receive a reward. Or we could say it this way, we're not just going to survive, we're going to thrive. If one's work is burned up, he will suffer loss, but he himself will be saved. Yet as though through the fire. What's the condition of your foundation? Now, I'm speaking to every one of us here today. Because uh, let me just ask a question. Just again, survey, get to know you. How many of y'all know Jesus today? And you got a relationship with Jesus. Come on. How many of y'all? Pretty much all y'all. If you don't have that relationship yet, we're going to give you an opportunity here in just a few minutes, okay? But here's the problem we have. It's this thought of what is our life like? See, my life, your life, if you've got a relationship with Jesus, our life in Christ, guess what? We're perfect. We're good. You can't get any more saved than you are right now if you know Jesus. Did you know that? All the works you can do, you can't get any more saved than you are right now. Come on, you, can't get, you cannot get God to love you any more than he loves you right now. Did you know that? Man, are you coming to church today? You can, come to, you can be in church every day. That won't make God love you anymore. He loves you, everything, all right? You can't be any more saved than you are right now, right? But here's the problem. If our life in Christ is perfect, how much of Christ is living in us? There lies the issue. Because I believe this. My life will always be perfect in Christ, but how much of Christ is living in me? That is what we call transformation, sanctification. How many of y'all probably got some work you could do to be more like Christ today? Amen? Come on, how many of y'all could look at it like, you know what, I still got some room to grow. We all have room to grow. None of us have arrived. In fact, as long as we're on this side of heaven, we got room to grow. I've been married for 35 years. Guess what? I'm still not a perfect husband. Thank you for not saying amen, sweetheart. I really appreciate that. Come on, I, I'm an empty nester. My kids are out of the house, but I'm still not a, a dad like I need to be. I still got some room to grow. I'm still, as a grandpa, I think I do pretty good, but I could probably do better. And there's a thought pattern that I just want to make sure you're embracing. You know, I may not be where I need to be, but hopefully you can say like me, I thank God I'm not where I used to be. Anybody with me here at Victor Center Church today? I may not be where I need to be, but thank God I'm not where I used to be because I'm growing in Jesus Christ, right? How is your foundation 
See, so the thought is this, if we are imperfect people, I love what my father-in-law used to tell me all the time, we're imperfect people, but we serve a perfect God, and we're on that journey of transformation to become more like Him, right? So if I'm on a journey to become more like Jesus Christ, guess what? There's something in me that still probably needs to change. There's probably still some wood, some hay, some stubble inside of me somewhere, somehow. Now, I thank God for the gold, the silver, the precious stones that Paul talks about in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, because inside of you and inside of me, there's the good things. There's the gold. There's the silver. Woo-hoo! There's the precious stones. But if we have that still human side to us, guess what? There's also some wood. There's also some hay. There's also some stubble. Come on, how many of y'all got some growing that we need to do this year? Anybody with me here? Right? We all do. We all do. So this is what I'm talking about here today. We have, how is your foundation? So here's the remedy to that. Spend time with God and ask Him to expose anything in your life that is not pleasing to Him. In the words of King David, in Psalm chapter 51, verse 10, I love what he said here. He said this, come on, created me a what? Oh, come on, everybody say it. Created me a what? A clean heart, oh God. This is David's cry to the Father God. If you look at it in the message translation, the message Bible says this, God make a, I love this. This is message translation. If you can go over to that right quick there, Jeannie, I appreciate it if you got that. Soak in me your laundry. Uh, if you jump down to, uh, let's see Wow, it gets lost in that. Let me just give it to you, verse 10, because I'm lost in that right there. But Proverbs, excuse me, Psalm 51, verse 10, message says, God, make a fresh start in me. Shape a Genesis week from the chaos of my life. Shape a Genesis week in the chaos of my life. What an incredible. That should be our prayer. How is your foundation? Go to God. He'll show you. He'll reveal in you. Amen. In the words of David, created me a clean heart. You know, for me as a pastor, Whenever, uh, if y'all remember back in 2020, I mean, here we are just four years ago from the COVID epidemic. Anybody remember that? I still remember being a young pastor. I like to say young pastor. I mean, I'm 56 right now. How many of y'all would say 56 is still pretty young? Bless you four people that think that. Amen. (laughs) Age is just a matter of mind, right? But So, in me... I remember starting out 2020, just like we getting ready to start out 2024 with a lot of excitement, with a lot of anticipation. Come on, y'all remember back to 2020, pre-COVID? I mean, 2020 vision in 2020. Man, God, we're going to see clear. But God's going to do great things in 2020. I remember that excitement, just like I'm going into 2024. Man, I'm working on a strong foundation. Doesn't matter what happens in this world. I am strong with Jesus Christ. When the wind blows, I don't have to worry about it. I'm going to be strong with Jesus Christ. And I still remember going through January. I'm excited about what God's doing. Man, the church, church house is full. People are coming out. I'm seeing new people. I'm seeing people get saved. We're seeing people get baptized. February kicks on. I'm like, whoo, man, we are rocking on. This is going to be our year. Start hearing these little chatters about this COVID thing and, you know, all this stuff's going to happen and begin to hear this chatter about, well, we're going to have to shut down everything. And I'm like, ah, that's not going to happen. There's no way that's going to happen. Third week of February, we had to shut the church down. Now, this principle, what's in our foundation? If you would ask me, beginning of January, how my foundation was, I would tell you, oh, man, it is strong. My hope, my faith is in God. I will not be moved. I was not prepared for that very first Sunday, for that third Sunday of February of 2020, when I had to step into the sanctuary with nobody there. We didn't even have a worship team on stage because our worship team wanted to pre-record so they could pre-mix it and make it sound good. So we had it designed where we did live worship, but it was pre-recorded. And at that moment that it was over, just like, you know, I would step on the stage and I'd preach the message live. And I'll never forget sitting in the sanctuary, empty sanctuary. Even the cameramen weren't even there. And I was sitting over there on the stage, I mean, uh, uh, preparing to take the stage just off to the side there, and I just began to weep. And I began just to cry out, God, this is not supposed to be like this. This is not the way it's supposed to be. And I'm trying to get myself together because I know here in a minute I've got to take the stage. I've got to come on live. I've got to come in. Woo, church, good to be here with you today. I can't get it together. And we had people kind of running around just making sure it was just a skeleton crew that very first Sunday. And I, I finally, I told Tammy, I, I told somebody, I said, go find Tammy. I need Tammy. And they're like, are you okay? And I said, just go get Tammy. They got her in there, and she looked at me like, what is wrong with you? I said, I just, I don't know. I just can't stop weeping. She prayed over me, and it's just a matter of time. I had to step on that stage and go. I had to preach the word. And all that time, I'm like, God, what 
is happening right now? What is going on? See, my entire life has always been the church. This is the only life I know is the church. I grew up in church. Victory Center, there's, I grew up in Victory Center Church. The church over there, we started the church. You know what I found? I found some wood, hay, and stubble in me that I didn't know existed. You know what I found out that first Sunday? I found out that I had a people dependency problem. Because you know what? Immediately I went to, I was like, I don't, there's nobody going to listen. I don't have anybody to affirm me in my preaching. For six weeks, I stood on the stage, preached to an empty sanctuary, to cameras. As I look back on that year, you know what happened to me? I went through some fire where the dependency for people was burned out of my life. See, pre-COVID, I didn't realize that I was always dependent. Oh, where well, where's so-and-so? So-and-so's not here. I wonder if they got mad and left the church. Where's so-and-so? Da-da-da. And I, I didn't realize it. You could ask me, and I would have denied it. But I was a pastor that was dependent upon the people for my affirmation. I had some wood and hay and stubble in my life. Guess what happened in 2020 through COVID? That was burned out of me. Now, let me just say this. I still have to work to make sure that I don't become people dependent again on that. Now, let me just make this statement. I don't want to do church again like that. We probably won't. I don't think we will. I love you being here, but my faith is not dependent upon you. It's on Jesus Christ. Amen? Third and final, let's land this plane here today. Anybody get anything out of this today? Third and final thing here, and then we'll wrap it up. Discipline is a key to our thriving. Discipline is the key, number three, write this down. Discipline is your key to thrive in 2024. You've got a discipline. Look what the Apostle Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 9. 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 25. Now, I am going to go to the Passion Translation just because I love the way the Passion puts this. The Passion says it this way. A true athlete will be disciplined. Come on, everybody say disciplined. Will be disciplined in every respect, practicing constant self-control in order to win a laurel wreath but quickly withers. But we run our race to win a victor's crown that will what? Help me out. Will what? Last forever. Verse 26. For that reason, he says, I don't run just for exercise or box like one throwing aimless punches. He says, verse 27, but I train like a champion athlete. Look at this. Everybody say it with me. I subdue my body. Look at that. Come on, everybody say it with me. I subdue my body and I get it under control. I subdue my body and I get it under control. We are in a battle today. And the battle is not against your neighbor. Your battle is not with your spouse. Your battle is not with your children. Come on, your battle is not with your neighbors. It's not with your boss. The battle that we are on, the biggest battle that you face is right here in that little six inches between your two ears. In this gray matter up here in your mind, it's the battle between the flesh and the spirit man between the God side of me and the human side of me. It's the battle between the, the, the gold, the silver, the precious stones, and the wood, the hay, and the stubble. And for every one of us here today, it's a battle that as long as we're breathing air on, the, on this earth, that you're going to have to fight. And the way that you're going to win this battle is, it, it, let me just give it to you in the, in the words of an old wise Indian who with a young boy who was growing up, the old wise Indian told the young man, he says, inside of you there's two dogs that are fighting. He says, there's the good dog and there is the bad dog. The young boy asked the wise Indian, and says, well, which one's going to win? The old Indian simply said this, the one that you feed the most. How are you going to win the battle between flesh and spirit, between the human side and the God side of us? It's the one that you feed the most. The gold, the silver, the precious stones are the ones that's going to come out. That's why I say it's going to take discipline to thrive. See, for you and I to thrive in 2024, we're going to have to say no to the flesh. What is the flesh? This is a whole other teaching. That's the sensual side of us that's driven by the circumstances of our life, that's driven by the five senses, what we smell, what we touch, what we hear, what we taste, those things, the five senses. That's what drives our flesh. And I've been, old, I've been around long enough, I'm old enough, and I've done enough traveling overseas that we as Americans, let me tell you this, we are very spoiled Christians. We're very sensual people. We like our comfort. Again, God's not concerned so much about your comfort as He is the fruit you're producing in your life. How's your foundation? Are you going to thrive this year? Come on, how many of y'all are going to thrive this year? 
For you to thrive, you're going to have to be disciplined. Work on your discipline. One week from today, we're moving into 21 days. Let me just say it this way. 21 days of discipline. (laughs) We're going to move into 21 days of saying no to the flesh through 21 days of fasting and prayer. Let me just say this. Prayer, excuse me, fasting without prayer is simply a diet. We don't need another diet. What does fasting do? Fasting denies the flesh of certain things that it wants for 21 days. I want you to be praying about this. And Pastor Margaret, probably next week, will speak into this a little bit more. But for 21 days, starting next Sunday, I want you to be seeking God. God, what can I say no to for 21 days to bring discipline to this flesh? I want you to know, church, your flesh has a voice. Your flesh can be like that spoiled Walmart child that when it goes in there, I want this, I want that. Come on, discipline is a good thing. You and I need discipline. Discipline, every one of us. We got to work on this. For 21 days, I'm going to be doing a a Daniel fast where I'm going to be saying no to beef, no steak, no hamburger. I'm going to be saying no to bread. I'm going to be saying no to sugar for 21 days. Woohoo! What is it that you can fast? For 21 days, you can deny the flesh of. Maybe it's social media. Maybe it's movies. I don't know. That's between you and God to decide. For 21 days, you'd be praying about that. See, this is what I know. If you will work this principle of prayer and fasting for 21 days, you're going to be more disciplined. And if you are living a more disciplined lifestyle, guess what? You're going to move from surviving to thriving because you're working on your foundation. If you believe that, I want you to stand to your feet with me here. Come on, all across this sanctuary, stand to your feet with me here this morning. In fact, I just want you to bow your head for just a moment. Let me just pray over this right quick, over the 21-day fast that's coming up. Lord, one week from today, we're going to go into three weeks of denying the flesh, of bringing discipline to our life. Lord, as we do that, we're going to be working on the core of us. We're going to be working working on that wood, the hay, the stubble. Lord, we want to be stronger in you. We want our foundation to be lasting in you. Lord, just as we read there in the story of the wise and the foolish builders, Lord God, Father, it wasn't the storm that was the issue. It was the foundation that was the issue. The same storm came to both houses. One house stood strong, and the other house didn't make it, didn't survive, didn't it? But the one that survived, Lord God, it survived because it was founded on a strong foundation. Lord, we want to be strong going into 2024. So, Lord, I pray that even now you begin to minister to your people. Right, just to ask the Lord of this, Lord, what do you want me to say no to for 21 days? Just be sensitive to what the Holy Spirit speaks back to you. Something that's a desire of the flesh. What is it? Now, you may not get an answer right now. It may take a day or two, but you be sensitive and pray about that, okay? Now, let me close with this thought real quickly. Y'all can look up at me. You've got to have a strong foundation for this year of 2024. Strong foundation. Strong foundation. Many years ago, some scientists built the artificial environment. It was called the biosphere, the biodome. It was a biosphere that was a place where they could control the weather. There was actually in the biosphere, there was several different ecosystems that they had set up into this biosphere, and they had different plants planted for that particular ecosystem. But there's something that began to happen when they planted trees. The trees began to grow, began to look incredibly beautiful. It was in a perfect environment, but something began to happen that they were not prepared for. The larger the trees grew, they began to break off and break down, and they just began to fall over. And the scientists began to research what in the world is going on, and they, they found that the problem with the trees was this. They looked great on the outside, but they lacked the strength of the foundation. And they quickly determined that a tree's strength has found its foundation, and the strength on the foundation is made from the adversity that endures out in the real world. 
fact, the harsher the environment that a tree is in, the stronger that it is rooted and stronger the bark is and its trunk is because it withstands the elements. Now, I say that to say this. Church, we can be strong in our faith. Because I could probably speak for all of us, we've endured some adversity. We've had some life happen. So don't look at adversity as a negative. Look at it as just strengthening you. Come on, you're getting stronger. Come on, I want you to say that. Say, I'm getting stronger. Come on, I want you to say that again. Say, I'm getting stronger. Come on, say, I will endure anything that comes my way. Come on, say, I will endure the storms of 2024. Come on, say this loudly and proudly. Come on, say, I will not just survive. But I will thrive in Jesus' name. Come on, Lord. Give, some, give the Lord some praise, somebody here in this place. Father, we thank you that we are a people. We're thriving this year. In Jesus' name. Prayer team, I'm going to ask you to come to the front. Just If you would, just out of respect for one another, if you would, bow your head one more time with me. I just want you to look internally right now, and I want you to ask yourself this question. Do you know Jesus? Do you know him? Are you walking with him? Have you ever surrendered your life to Jesus Christ? Let me just ask this. If there's anybody here in this room today that you have not yet surrendered your life to Jesus Christ, now's the time. Or maybe at one time you did that, but you're not walking in just that relationship with Him. You feel like God's distant. You feel like He's a thousand miles away. I want you to know that He's here. God's never left you. He's here. If you're here today and you don't know Jesus, or maybe you're here today and you just want to Renew that relationship with Jesus. If that's you, would you just raise your hand real quickly, wave it at me, and then you can put it right back down. Is anybody here today you'd like to know Jesus? Thank you. Right over here. Anybody else you'd like to know Jesus or you want to just rededicate your life to him? Thank you. Right back here in the back. Anybody else? Anybody else? I saw two hands up. Anybody else? Okay. I want us to all say this prayer together. Come on, say this prayer where you can hear yourself. Let's pray with these two that raised their hand today. Say this with me. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, I need you in my life. I don't want to live my life on my own any longer. Lord, I surrender to you. I believe that you died on the cross of Calvary. You paid the price for my sins. So, Lord, I surrender right now and ask you to come live in my heart. My life is yours. Lord, I would ask this from this day forward, that you would help me to walk with you and not just survive, but thrive. In Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, let's give the Lord a hand for these two that raise their hands up there. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Now listen to me real closely. We're getting ready to wrap this message up, this time up. Getting ready to dismiss. But those two that raise their hand, if you would do me a favor, would you come down here to the front and let the prayer team pray with you when I dismiss? Here in just a moment. If you came with somebody, just ask them to come down with you because I'd love for the, the team just to pray with you a little bit further, all right? Also, if you're here today and you just need prayer for anything in your life, we're a church that believes in the power of prayer. We've got people here at the front would love to pray with you. There's power and agreement. So don't go out those back doors here in just a moment. You come down here to the front if you need prayer, all right? Listen, I bless you. Man, thank God for 2023. Thank God for His goodness. Thank goodness it's over. We're ready to go into 2024 with hope. Amen. With hope, with faith, and a strong foundation. In Jesus' name. Y'all go your way rejoicing again. You too that raise your hand, please, if you wouldn't mind. Come down to the front. Let these people pray with you. Again, if you need prayer, come down to the front. We love you. We'll see you guys tonight. If not there, we'll see you on the 21st.